Welcome to Sports Spectrum, the sports and faith podcast that brings Jesus back into the conversation. Here's your host, Jason Romano. This episode of the Sports Spectrum Podcast with former NFL running back Rashad Jennings is brought to you in part by Compassion International. We're grateful, we're thankful for Compassion being a sponsor of this podcast. Go to Compassion.com slash Sports Spectrum, $38 a month, and you get to make a difference in a child's life by sponsoring them through the great work and the great people at Compassion International. Go to Compassion.com slash Sports Spectrum, $38 a month. Release a child from poverty, bring them hope, bring them a future. You can do it over at Compassion.com slash Sports Spectrum. Sponsor a child today. Today's guest on the podcast, former NFL running back Rashad Jennings joins us on the show. Rashad played in the NFL from 2009 to 2016 with the Jaguars, with the Raiders, and then the final three years of his career with the New York Giants. In 2017, he was released from the Giants and instead decided, you know what, I'm going to go do Dancing with the Stars. And not only did he participate in Dancing with the Stars, but he won the whole thing. He was the season 24 champion for ABC's hit show. And then at the end of 2017, Rashad announced his retirement from the NFL, officially retiring at the age of 32. This year, in 2018, Rashad has released his first book. It's called The If in Life, How to Get Off Life's Sidelines and Become Your Best Self. It's highly recommended from Odell Beckham Jr., who endorsed the book. And the foreword is written by former New York Giant Hall of Famer Michael Strahan. Uh, And it was a New York Times bestseller. So Rashad has uh, been succeeding quite a bit off the field since his retirement and stepping away from the NFL playing field. And in this episode of the podcast, we talk to Rashad about the book, why he decided to write it. We also talk about his journey, his football journey, which was not your typical journey. He tells a great story on this podcast about the moment that he realized that he could be a pretty good NFL player. And it took all the way until his junior year of high school until he got his shot. Really great story there. And then we talk about his relationship with his dad, which was not the best relationship as he grew up. Uh, in fact, many of the successes that Rashad achieved, especially on the football field, he says were because of decisions that he made to try and not be what his father was becoming. But now that relationship has been repaired, and Rashad shares some great stories about his father and about uh, forgiving him and overcoming uh, some of the obstacles that he had to face to once again, come together as a father and a son. I think you'll really like this episode. Without further ado, let's get right to it. Former NFL running back, 2017 season 24, Dancing with the Stars champion and author of the new book, The If in Life. Here he is, former NFL running back Rashad Jennings on the Sports Spectrum Podcast. Welcome to the show, Rashad. I appreciate you having me on. It's good to talk to you. Now, before we get into Rashad Jennings, the football player and even the dancer, I want to talk about Rashad Jennings, the author, and your new book, The If in Life, was released earlier this year. And uh, I wonder for you, why write this book right now and kind of how the project came about? Tell us about that. Oh, yeah, definitely. I, I mean, it's something I've always wanted to do is write a book. I can remember even uh my college years going into Barnes and Noble picking up books with my friends and reading them it's always saying I want to write one um never know never knew a million years I'd be in a position where I actually could um but I felt I felt the time to write it 
was efficient just because of it kind of capped a chapter in my life. And, you know, when I ended football, I did it after I retired uh, so I could talk about my 33 years of chasing a dream and how it really came to surface. What was the toughest part about writing the book and, and the whole book process? The toughest part about writing the book was, I wouldn't say tough, but it, it, it's it's a rejuvenating thing, if any. Um, it's reliving all of those situations you've, you've been through. And um, because sometimes, you know, <laughs> through reading the book, you could tell some of it sounds like a fantasy. Like yeah. this is this, there's no way this all happened to this one kid and reliving it just keeps driving home how much God was at the center of making everything happen. And I've always had a prayer that I pray God continues to do things in my life that I couldn't even take credit for. And you really can see that throughout the book. The book is called The If in Life, and we'll talk about what that if stands for, among some other things in the book. How to Get Off Life's Sidelines and Become Your Best Self by our guest Rashad Jennings here on the Sports Spectrum Podcast. You document a lot of your journey, obviously, in the book, as you mentioned. Tell us about growing up. I know there was a lot of challenges growing up for you. Uh, tell us about some of those challenges you were presented with as a kid from Virginia. Well, I, I did have a lot of different challenges. You know, I was a short, overweight, chubby kid with glasses, asthma. I had a .6 GPA at one point in time. Fifth string running back saying that I want to play in the NFL. Hmm. So clearly I had to overcome a lot of adversity to make it. Um, and, you know, I, I, I feel like probably one of the most pivotal turning points in my life was the relationship with my dad um, and how how that suffered when I was younger, um, only to now have one of the best relationships with them. And, you know, in short, I had an asthma attack when I was 13. I was hospitalized for a week. And while I was there, I was blowing through a peak flow. And the peak flow only went about a centimeter. Mm-hmm. I, w- I was fighting for my life, much less would I ever play sports or do anything. Um, the doctors asked my father to, s- to stop smoking in the house. It was triggering my asthma. I had to get rid of my dog when I left the hospital my mom would call restaurants and check the ventilation systems and air ducts and all kind of things because I was just that bad off and I remember when I first got home my dad was smoking outside about a week later he started trickling his way back into the house again with the cigarettes I was in my room I smelt the smoke steaming through the vents and eventually caught wind I start choking, and I remember putting a pillow over my face, walking upstairs, knocking on my dad's door, opening it, and there he was in the corner drinking and smoking like he always does. I looked at him. I said, hey, Dad, can you stop smoking and drinking and be there for me? He took a puff of his smoke, sip of his drink. He looked at me. He said, shot. what you want to do when you get older? Now, mind you, man, my dad don't have the best relationship. He's never asked me this question before. Right. So I, I could tell that he's being arrogant, but a piece of me is excited that I actually get to answer this question to him. 
And so that's the overweight chubby kid with the red rim glasses. I look at him. I said, Dad, I want to play running back in the NFL. And he took another puff of a smoke, sip of his drink. He looked at me and said, Rashad, do you think you'd be able to make it to the NFL without drinking or smoking yourself? And with tears in my eyes, I looked at him and I said, just to prove you wrong, I'm never going to do it. And I'm 33. I've never smoked a day in my life. I've never drank a day in my life. And it literally was just to prove my dad wrong. And what's amazing and in the story is that me proving him wrong, his little knucklehead kid doing that ended up making him quit drinking and smoking himself. So we feel like we both saved each other life in a very strange way from that day we have a lot in common actually my dad and i had a very strained relationship growing up as well and uh his was mostly just alcohol and uh it's interesting that i chose never to drink either just not to really um prove my dad wrong because i was scared to turn into him you know in a lot of ways was there part of that in your life as well just not wanting to kind of end up the way that your dad was at that point Oh, absolutely. I, everything. Um, I mean, me and my dad had a conversation. I told him, I said, you know, one of the reasons why I loved him so much is because he showed me everything I didn't want to be. Um, and, he, you know, sometimes you're looking for who you want to be. Sometimes the trying so hard not to be somebody else pushing will push you to be who you want to be. Um, and I didn't want to do anything mimicking him. So, you know, that's a tough conversation to have with your dad when you're younger. Yeah. And um, but that's really uh that's really molded me into who I am today. Talking to Rashad Jennings here on the Sports Spectrum podcast. Rashad, you, you obviously you're not that chubby kid anymore because you made it to the NFL. When did that start to become something that you realized, okay, you know what, there might be a future here and I might be able to achieve this dream. Was it in high school? Was it not until you get to college? When did you start to feel that? I didn't really feel. I mean, I've always hoped for it. I didn't feel it until my senior year in college, but I, hmm. I knew I had an opportunity, and it set it set a trail um, my junior year in high school. And my junior year in high school, again, I'm fifth string running back, man. Right. When I say I'm fifth string running back, it's to the point where we 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 break the white tape and go on the sideline. <laughs> And and do the national anthem, and then and then before the game start, I would take off my helmet, put it on the sideline, and me and my buddy Speedy. So you know, all right, I just break this down for pads, your your thigh pads and your knee pads, right? I didn't wear thigh pads or knee pads. Instead of putting pads in there, I used to put M and M and Sprite. Like candy inside of where my thigh pads were supposed to be because I knew I never was going to play. So me and my buddy Speedy, his name was Speedy. He did not earn his name. He was he was another like seventh string. <laughs> and um, like me and him would sit on the sideline and watch the show. So my junior year, we're playing against our high school rival. Um, last game of the year, if we if uh, we're we we can't make the playoffs no matter what. If they beat us, they're in the playoffs. So it's kind of like our Super Bowl. It's packed out, big game. There's a Tennessee scout to watch our starting running back like it's a big deal. Goes out, first play. First ring running back gets hurt. Speedy looks at me, hit me. He's like, hey, man, you think you're going to play today? 
I'm like, nah, man. And I'm sitting here just eating my Skittles and M&M's and minding my own business. Second string goes out. He gets hurt. My buddy Speedy's like getting excited. He's like, hey, man, you think they going to play you today? I said, nah, man, they ain't going to play me. I started drinking my Sprite. Third string goes out. He gets hurt. Speedy's just starting to get more <laughs> excited. <laughs> I'm like, dude, get off of me. They put in the fourth string. He gets hurt. Speedy's flipping out. Man, they ain't got no choice to go to you. You about to play? Get ready. The coach, I'm seeing him scan the sideline. He catches eye contact with me. He looks away. He puts a receiver in at running back instead of me. And a part of me was mad, and the other part was excited. And like, thank gosh, because I've never played at this point, so I want to, but I'm nervous. Long story short, he goes out, he gets hurt. They have no choice but to put me in, right? <laughs> so the coach is screaming, Jennings, get in the game, get in the game. And I'm scrounging around on the sideline looking for a helmet. I don't know where mine is, so I pick up a random helmet. It's too big. I put it on, and the mouthpiece, I don't put it in because it's not mine. So anyway, I'm out in the huddle, and the team with 10 other players, I make it the 11th. They're looking at me. They say, Rashad, what are you doing? I said, hey, man, we ain't got nobody. Let's go. <laughs> in the very first play, um, quarterback Doug, Doug Jones called a run play. I got the ball, received it on the left-hand side, made one person miss, 40-yard touchdown, mm-hmm. first play. I come back on the sideline. I mean, I'm talking about I throw the ball in the air. I get a big penalty. I'm getting the crowd excited. I chest bump Speedy. He falls to the ground, pick him up. Like, I'm, I'm having, it's a moment. And, um, you know, they eventually they put me back in on offense. I scored another touchdown. Similar situation, just for the timing of it. Similar situation happened on defense. Guys are getting hurt, falling like flies left and right. They put me in on defense. First play playing defense. I come off the edge, hit the quarterback. He fumbles. I pick it up, score a 30-yard touchdown. And to seal the game, uh, the team that we're playing now, I've, I've scored all three touchdowns. It's 24 them, 21 us. All they have to do is run the clock out. That's it. Fourth quarter, a minute left. They run a play. We call a timeout. They run a play. We don't have a timeout. We run another play. We decide to call timeout. Now, all they have to do for the last play is either punt it, run it, do anything. They decide to run a screen play. I don't know why. I sniff this out. Right. I, I feel, the, I feel, feel the guard pull. I chase him. I get in front of position of the where the where the running back's gonna be. And I just and I for whatever reason the quarterback didn't look. He let the go he let the ball go blindly to the running back. I picked it. I scored. Ended the game. Walk off touchdown. We win. Now now mind you, <laughs> I only scored four I mean excuse me, I only played fourteen total plays. Two and uh, two touchdowns on offense and two touchdowns on defense. That's pretty the good. Tennis, yeah, I take that stat. <laughs> the Tennessee scout came up to me after the game, and he said, hey, Rashad, I came to watch the starting running back, but I couldn't help but to notice you. He said, how are your grades? And that's when I had to tell him I had a point six yeah. GPA. And he looked at me. He said, son, you got to try to get that. I, I, you know, was, we laughed. But he said, you have potential. Get your grades right. You could play at the next level. 
for the first time in my life, outside of the people that's supposed to support me and will no matter what, my mom, you know, my brothers and stuff, like, that was the first person that ever said they saw something in me. Wow. From there, my two older brothers happened to be in the stands. They're 10 to 13 years older than me. I was a whoops. Here we go again, baby. <laughs> now, my brothers could play. They were really good. Parade All-American. They both played at the next level. They came to watch me sit on the sideline just to support their brother. They knew I wasn't going to play. That's great. But I ended up playing that day. My brother saw something in me, too. They, they, tra- um, they took a coaching job at a private school and to, for free. Wow. to help pay half my tuition to transfer there. My parents took a mortgage against the home to pay the other half of tuition. I transferred to a uh, Lynchburg Christian Academy. I repeated my junior year. I took nine homeschool classes, nine summer school classes, on top of the regular academics, and I never made any excuses anymore, um, and the rest was history. That's awesome. That's a great story. I love it. And then you went to Pitt. Uh, for college and transferred to Liberty to be there for your family. You document this in your book and take care of your father. Tell me about coming to Liberty, making the sacrifice that you made, but then what what transpired from going to Liberty? Obviously, you were doing it for family reasons and be closer, but how did that impact not only you as a football player, but also your faith in Christ? Yeah, I I transferred because of my my father. Um, He has diabetes. He had diagnosed with diabetes and he had to get his leg amputated and I wanted to be closer to home to help mom out around the house and be there for family you know um, my family's made sacrifices for me for 19 years of my life up to that point my freshman year and you know I could I thought to myself I could at least be there for three years for them so I transferred to Liberty University. It's 10 minutes from my house. And um, I found out that the world was round. You know, you keep doing the right things, it'll come back to you. But uh, Liberty continued to mold um, the seeds that was already invested in me. Um, it continued to stretch my knowledge uh, of of facts um, with inside scripture and it continued to give freedom, uh, to explore, uh, many different truths. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm grateful what Liberty has been able to do for my growth as a, as a believer, as a man, uh, as a citizen, you know, to our country. And it means a lot, um, that I'm always going to be tied to, to my university. I have a really strong relationship uh, with the president, chancellor, um, first lady, everyone there, um, the faculty, members, uh, alumni. And so, and plus it's being right beside my home. I always feel like I have a, a second home at home. And, um, but now I am I, at Liberty University really did continue to um, kind of sprinkle water on what's already planted. You have a, you obviously go on to the NFL, as we know the story, and you have a, a very successful career. Play eight seasons with the Jaguars, with the Raiders, and with the Giants. And then in, in Chapter 14, there's a great story in the, the chapter called Finally Connecting that you write about the time your dad finally got to see you play an NFL game. Can you take us to that moment, tell that story, uh, and just kind of what transpired around that? Uh, that was humbling. 
you know, when my dad first he got a chance to see me play, you know, I, I saw him roll up to to the facility. Um, excuse me, after the game, I got a chance to talk to him. Um, but beforehand, my coach, I always come out before each game and do a warm-up. It's about 30 minutes. I've been doing it for eight years. And my running back coach, Craig Johnson, always he came up to me. He was like, hey, Rashad, I know you're doing your warm-up, but there's a big fan, little kid at the end of the field opposite south of you. And uh, he would love an autograph to take a picture. Could you could you go down there and see him? I said, sure. Yeah, I got you, coach. Now, I always have on my headphones, got my music on. So I zoned back in. I said, I'll go down there after I'm done. Well, 30 minutes go by, I finish. Got my headphones on. I'm walking down to find this fan. And uh, as I'm getting closer and closer and closer and closer, I see a bunch of people with 23 jersey. I'm like, oh, that must be them. Well, the closer and closer I get, I see that one was my assistant and then another person looked like my mom. I was like, wait a second. Mom, you? I'm like, I'm running out. Now I'm starting to run over there because I'm like, hey, my mom surprised me come to a game. And um, behind the behind the little bench um, where it's kind of like you can imagine that you can't see anything behind it. My mom said, oh, yeah, go check behind there. I look, and it was my dad and in a wheelchair. And, you know, that moment, man, I just dropped to a knee and just hugged him. You know, it was a, I know what it means for him to travel. That's not a, that's a luxury. Um, it's difficult. And, you know, driving eight hours to come up to a game, you know, for him to want to do that and make it and, and, and be able to, like, it just meant the world to me. And um, I dedicated that game to him. And uh, it's a big memory that always stick out to me. You talk about in the book, uh, in, a, in a chapter, that same chapter, about a conversation you had with your dad about calling him and praying with him each night before bed. Tell me about that and just why that was important for you to to do something like that and and kind of what that's been like in terms of those conversations and, and praying with your dad for him. Yeah. So I remember saying to myself, I, I do, I have, I'm a person that makes no excuses and I really do look in the mirror first. Um, I don't, I don't look to blame people. And I kind of took that attitude to the relationship with my, my dad and I, you know, I say I always want a healthy relationship with him or, you know, I wish he would have been there for me um, when I needed him when I was young. Or I, I wish he would call me and tell me, you know, he was proud of me. I wish all these things um, that I'm looking at someone else. And I remember, you know what, Rashad, you, you, <laughs> you always always are one to call people out for not making excuses. And if you want something done, you take the step foot. Uh, you take the steps forward first. And so when my dad was in the hospital, he was hospitalized uh, um, again uh, for a second amputee. Um, I, I, I remember saying to myself, you know what? I'm going to call my dad every night and pray with him. 
before I go to sleep. And, you know, we never prayed together, really. Yeah. And so I called him. Uh, I told him I was going to pray with him every night before I went to sleep and pray with him that night. Called the next night, pray with him. Called the next night, pray with him. Um, usually I would call about 9, 9 p.m. Uh, because they, their phones cut off at 10. Mm. And so after doing this for about a week and a half, I remember I remember I went out on a date <laughs> one night, and it was about like 9.50. I'm into the conversation. We over at dinner, and my phone rings. And it comes, it comes up as an unknown number. Anytime he called from the, right. um, the hospital, it was an unknown number. And I looked at my phone, so excuse my dad, said, let me, let me take this. I answered. And that was my dad said, hey, man, what's going on? I said, hey, my bad, dad. I, <laughs> I forgot, man, I'm out here at a, on a date. He said, oh, okay, okay. I was just going to see if we was going to pray together. And, uh, man, in that moment, it just hit me clear as day. I'm sitting here groggling and complaining and all these things about I, I wish my dad would do this, I wish my dad would do that. And he was just sitting there waiting for me to do it. Mm. And like in that it just reiterated to me that, you know, it was something that was told to me that you pray on your knees as it all depends on God, you get off your knees and work as it all depends on you. Hmm. And I got to take ownership of the things I say I want, prove it. And um, the relationship between my dad and I, when I, when I started putting in the effort first, um, it always reciprocated. And, you know, we've had a great relationship ever since. How's he doing real quick? How, how's his health? Yeah, he, he's good. Um, he's the best that he can be. Uh, I like to say that, um, you know, he did. He suffered a stroke a while ago. And uh, so his memory isn't always the best. But it's, <laughs> listen, we let, let me just clear this up. We're a family that laughs first. I laugh 24-7. All right. So my <laughs> my dad, he uh, it's awesome. And, 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 and my my perspective in my family is I'm I'm the polar opposite of everybody. I'm always looking at the positive or the comic relief in every situation. So the fact that he's forgetful, you know, I get to he calls me from time to time, um, and I tell me he's like, "Hey Rashad, thank you for this beautiful house you got us." Because uh, I bought my parents a home and uh, customized it in a way for, for my mom to be comfortable, my dad to be comfortable. And it's amazing. I was like, Mom, you know how blessed Dad is? To everybody, every other week, he really thinks I just bought him a new house. Like, could you imagine that feeling every other week? <laughs> That's an amazing feeling, man. And, uh, you know, he laughs all the time. Like it's 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 a weird, beautiful thing to watch. Um, you know, I, I think God has a sense of humor. And I think God puts us. He he he's always in control. And he knows the best for us, because I believe if he could remember, if he knew every nuance that was going on around him twenty four seven, I don't know if he'd be able to handle it. Mm. 
That's awesome. Let me, cl- let me close it with this, Rashad. This has been really good. I want to be a respecter of your time, obviously, but mentoring and helping youth is so important to you, I know, and a focus of the Rashad Jennings Foundation. Can you tell us about the foundation and, and your reasoning, I guess, why you're so passionate to invest and give back in that way? Yeah, definitely. Uh, Rashad Jennings Foundation is something that dear to my heart. Um, I've started it five years ago. And I I wanted to start a foundation simply because every kid needs one. Mm. And for myself, being an overweight kid, 0.6 GPA, knucklehead, you know, if it wasn't for somebody coming into my life, not changing who I was, but gearing me in the right direction, I wouldn't be here on this call today. So I'll focus on mentorship. If it wasn't for me focusing on my education and being bullied with my reading comprehension deficit and owning that, you know, I I wouldn't be having this conversation. So I started a reading challenge. And if it wasn't for me beginning to learn how to eat well, nutrition, training, working out, I wouldn't be having this conversation. So through the foundation, I focus on health and fitness. Um, every area of my life where I struggled, I created the foundation to only give back to that kid. And so we focus on reading, education, mentorship, and health and fitness. How can people find out more information about it? If you want to find out more information about it, you can check it out at RashadJenningsFoundation.org. Um, it is it is open to the public. Um, every single penny given has gone directly to the kids. Um, and I always tell people, please email me. You know, any, I, I tell people it's not me that is special. It's the position I find myself in that is very special. So if there's people out there that see what I'm doing, that can advance it, or if there's people out there that have something they're trying to do that I can help them with, please reach out. You know, I'm, I'm here. The website again, Rashad Jennings Foundation. Dot org. Really great to catch up with you, Rashad. We'll do it again some other time and talk some more football, some NFL stories. But uh, I, this has been a blast and just really appreciate you joining us here on the podcast. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. And we do thank former NFL running back Rashad Jennings for joining us here on the Sports Spectrum podcast. Rashad, the author of the book, The If in Life, How to Get Off Life's Sidelines and Become Your Best Self. You can find that everywhere books are sold, Amazon, of course. And and his foundation is RashadJenningsFoundation.org, RashadJenningsFoundation.org. He's doing great work there, helping out the youth of America. So check it out, RashadJenningsFoundation.org. We thank Rashad for joining us. We thank you for listening. And, of course, we thank Compassion International for sponsoring this podcast. Compassion.com slash Sports Spectrum is the place to go. It's $38 a month, and I promise you it's the best $38 that you will spend every single month. My wife, my daughter, myself, we sponsor a 13-year-old boy from Haiti, and it's the best $38 that we spend and invest each month because we're helping a child in need. We're giving Uh, Not just to be charitable, but we're actually making an impact because we get to hear about this young boy's progress and about how the money that we're spending and investing is helping him and giving him hope and releasing him from poverty. No child should have to be in poverty. And this is the chance, the difference that you can make by sponsoring a child with Compassion International. Go to Compassion.com slash Sports Spectrum and sponsor a child today. 
Thanks so much for joining us here on the podcast. As always, you can reach us via email, jason at sportspectrum.com. You can also reach us on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram. Take a screenshot of this podcast if you liked what you heard from Rashad. Share it on your Twitter page or your Facebook page and let others know about these stories that we're telling on the intersection of sports and faith. July 2018 was our biggest month ever as far as listenership on the podcast, and it continues to grow and grow. Over 275,000 people have downloaded and listened to this podcast, and it's been a real treat to be a part of. And just seeing how God is moving by bringing these stories of these athletes and people in sports and talking about how Jesus has impacted their lives. Really neat thing to be a part of and just grateful for all of you who have listened and downloaded this podcast. Thanks so much for joining us, and we'll see you next time right here on Sports Factor. Have a great day.